Welcome to another episode here at Supernatural Confessions Podcast, where it is a safe place for you to confess all your experiences, be it supernatural, myths, urban legends, superstitions, or even the unknowns. And as a team, we'll compile and feature your confessions on our platforms. You may reach out to us through our Facebook page or website. You just need to search supernaturalconfessions.com And you are also invited to join us every Friday night on our Facebook Live where Eugene, the founder of Supernatural Confessions, Sonia Kurana, occasionally Joe Dakota, and I host a weekly live show discussing all about the supernatural. I'm Kim, your host for this podcast series. And now, let's get on to the confessions. Is there anyone here? What did you find? You are listening to Supernatural Confessions. For this week's podcast, we're going to kick off with a story entitled Batu Nesan, or in English, Tombstone. And this story is voiced by Linda. This happened only a few weeks ago. I wanted to go to the beach near the remains of the gate leading to what used to be the beachside house of Chua Bun Peng, the once MD of cycle and carriage. I walked along Jalan Selimang all the way to the end where the concrete bollards are and then took the path on the right towards the beach. There's a small forested patch next to the path. As I was walking along the path, I felt the need to relieve myself probably from drinking copious amounts of water earlier in the hot sun. So I looked to see if there was a private and suitable spot for me in the forested area where I could do so. As I walked along the path closer to the beachfront, I saw a small trail going into the forested patch that seemed that it would lead to a suitable spot. After taking a few steps, I looked ahead at the clearing next to the path and saw a couple of small batunasan local Malay Muslim tombstones, two markers. So I thought to myself, perhaps this isn't the right place to do so. For some reason, I managed to hold my pee till later. It just didn't seem right to relieve myself so close to the graves. A week later, when I was chatting with my fellow hikers, Sonia and Sisi, I mentioned the Batu Nersan that I came across at that forested patch. They gave me a quizzical look of disbelief and told me they had been to that forested patch and had never come across any Batunasan there. In fact, they said the only things that were there were discarded statues of deities, and they asked if I could have misidentified the objects. I said, no, I know what a Batunasan is. Eh, hello, I'm super familiar with local culture, Allah. They asked me I'd be given an impression of the Batunasan so that I would not relieve myself in that area. So after our hike that day, I decided to walk to the forested patch again to confirm there's indeed Batuna's son that I saw during my earlier walk and that my fellow hikers weren't as familiar with the place as they thought they were. I was so confident I would see it again and plan to take pictures for a I told you so uh, moment. When I reached the exact spot in the forested area this time, guess what? There was no Batuna's son no statues, nothing. 
It was just a forested patch. The only thing I saw there was the beach and a bunch of Vietnamese picnickers barbecuing some lobster and chicken wings. You are listening to Supernatural Confessions Podcast. If you have your own confession, do share it with us through our website, supernaturalconfessions.com. Remember, you are not alone. Next confession comes from Siva Sangha Naidu. Have anyone had any creepy encounter at Sarimbun Scout Camp at Lim Chu Kang during your school days on a camping trip? This happens 2003. About 30 of us were selected to go for a trip to Mount Kinabalu Sabah. We were training for six months, so we were learning jungle survival and did a lot of hiking. Then we also did camping, that's where we stay at Sarimbun Camp. We stayed there for a week, it was during June school holidays, and if I'm not mistaken, it was a Friday night after our dinner. And the campfire sing-along was over, so it must have been past midnight. My friend and his cousin and myself were awake, busy playing with our Game Boys as we were not sleepy. And back then, Game Boys, you can use USB cable to connect with each other and play games. As we were playing, our bunk was near this very big pound that has a metal slide. After a few hours of playing, my friend's cousin heard a lady humming. he ignored it. Then after that, I needed to go toilet, so we stopped for a while. I opened the bunk door, walked towards the portable toilets. After I finished, as I was walking back, I heard a woman call out my name. Siva. Siva. And it was crystal clear. I look around, but I do not see anybody. I ran back to my bunk. But I didn't mention anything to my two friends. After I came back, my friend had a tummy ache. So he went to the toilet. As he returned to the bunk, he saw a Malay lady sitting on the slide. She was wearing a Malay traditional clothes. She had a lot of bruises, it seems like bruises, marked on her face. And her eyes were watery. After the entity saw my friend, it disappeared. It was suddenly very windy. He quickly ran back to the bunk. But all these stories, we only share about it the very next morning during breakfast. After that, we do not know why or how did we get this crazy idea. My friend's cousin suggested to go back to the spot where he saw the lady. When the three of us were there, we found a black and white photo of a Malay lady. My friend was shocked when he saw the photo. For it was the lady that he saw last night. And when we flipped the photo, it stated behind the photo the name of the lady, Nurul Amina. And there was also a year written 
1932-1970 We are not sure what does the date mean But we can only assume it was the year that she was born and died We threw the photo into the pound and ran back to our bunk As we were doing so, we felt something was watching us On our last day, we were scheduled to leave the camp at 5pm by bus Me, my friend and his cousin took the window seat As the bus was about to leave, the three of us turned towards the direction of the pound And we saw the same lady giving us the death stare Here at Supernatural Confessions We would like to remind you Whatever you don't see Doesn't mean it is not there Luckily for Siva In his post He did not mention Anything bad happened to Him or his friends But in his post There were a comment that mentioned By Cindy Back then we were having a camp there At night I had to go back up to the bunk To take something While everyone was at the campfire The stairs were wooden planks And you can see the bottom as you go up There was a chair at the bottom of the stairs And I'm very sure Something was sitting there while I went up the stairs It sent shivers down my spine Do you have a story that happened at the same place? Here is the next confession entitled Bukit Tima Hill Lady And this confession comes from Dave I've always enjoyed walking up and down Bukit Tima Hill during my free time And it started last year Somewhere near some long long flights of steps some hikers call this place Staircase to Heaven. An elderly lady will appear from nowhere or behind you and she will ask, Are you alright? I've also seen this elderly lady doing the same thing, appearing out of nowhere and asking questions. And I've heard stories that she would actually follow some hikers. I've always kept the distance from this Bukitima lady. This is actually quite stressful. Whenever I hike at Bukit Timah Hill, especially when climbing up the steps, I constantly look over my shoulders to see if this Bukit Timah Hill lady is right behind me. I've been quite stressed out by this matter and have been careful to avoid this elderly lady. A few days ago, on a Saturday, I was standing catching my breath after climbing many steps. She suddenly appeared from behind and asked me Are you, Are you okay? I took few steps away from her but this elderly lady also took few steps towards me I ran back to the long flight of steps that I had climbed up The Bukitima Hill lady usually wears white top She usually says the same thing to me Are you okay? You don't look okay Now you breathe in, breathe out. My hike up the hill is no more longer a leisurely one. I have no idea who is she. Have you ever heard of the story of Bukit Tima Hill Lady? Perhaps you would be more familiar with the name Bukit Tima Monkey Man. 
For this episode of Know Your Hantu, I'm going to tell you your very own Singaporean Bigfoot. Bukit Timah Monkey Man is a legendary creature said to inhabit Singapore in the forested area of Bukit Timah region. The creature is often cited as a forest-dwelling primate and also accounted for as immortal. According to record, sightings of the creature are rare, mainly from Malay folklore, accounts from Japanese soldiers in World War II, and occasional unconfirmed reports from local residents. The creature is said to be hominid-like, greyish in colour, walks with two feet and stands in between three to six feet tall in height. First claim sighting is said to happen in 1805, till the recent one was in 2007. In 1805, a Malay elder claimed to have seen an upright walking, monkey-faced creature in the Bukitima. And like mentioned earlier, Japanese soldiers saw it again during World War II. In 2007, a series of sightings were reported in the Singapore tabloid, the New Paper, has since featured the cryptid on its papers, gathering accounts from a number of witnesses. Today, Bukitima Monkey Man has featured in variety of contemporary media representations, including Project Mending Sky, a contemporary art installation uses the Bukitima Monkey Man as a framing device. Jack and Jill at Bukitima Hill, a Singaporean modern children's book reimagining traditional nursery rhymes with vocal twists, including the Bukitima Monkey Man, in search of the Bukitima Monkey Man, a short film project by Singaporean artists Nada and Brandon Tay, revisits the legendary creature. Similar to Bigfoot, its exact identity remains unknown and also considered as product of local folklore, similar to Malaysian Orang Mawas, which we will tell you more in the coming segment of Know Your Hantu. If you like the content here on the podcast, you are also invited to join Eugene, Sonia, Joe, and Kim at Supernatural Confessions Facebook page every Friday 10pm Malaysia and Singapore time where they'll discuss, dissect, and go deeper in details on your confession. And I'll be waiting for you there. The next confession comes from Frederick Ambrose Tan. Although it is not a hiking story, but it happened at Bukitima. Not sure is it because of all the things that I read inside this SC private group, it must be the Hantu's post, which made me paranoid, but I had an encounter recently outside Botanic Gardens Bukitima entrance bus stop. I went to cold storage to get some supper supplies at about 4am in the morning and was waiting at a bus stop for a grab home. It was dead silent and there weren't any cars visible on the road at that time. After all, it was 4am in the morning. Suddenly, I was aware of this overwhelmingly sweet smell, even through my mask. The hairs at the back of my neck and arms stood on end immediately 
and I lifted up my mask just to confirm the smell. Indeed, there was this sweet smell. In the midst of all this, my search for grab rides was immediately declined. I thought to myself, just nice. I muttered some prayers and said, please don't disturb me out loud. I then decided to walk back towards the cold storage where it was well lit and at least there were more people around. The moment I reached the building, most of the ominous feeling subsided, but it felt like something was watching me from afar. I tried to book Grab again and thank God I managed to get a ride back home this time. It seemed like forever before my Grab finally arrived and I had not beckoned the driver to move forward to where I was instead of the pickup point in front of the embassy. The moment the driver started to drive off, I felt a short, sharp pain in my chest. And as we drove further away, I started to feel much more at ease. However, once I got home, I had a tummy ache and even felt a bit nauseous. After a quick warm shower and warm supper, I managed to settle down and rest once a bit of the sun came out. You are listening to Supernatural Confessions Podcast. If you have your own confession, do share it with us through our website, supernaturalconfessions.com. Remember, you are not alone. The next confession entitled Hike to Woodnook and this story is by Ali, voiced by Eugene. And just to give you a little bit of context of Istana Woodnook, it is an abandoned two-story palace near the Singapore Botanic Gardens. It suffered a major fire in 2006 and has been deemed beyond repay. And if you ask any Singaporean, they would know Istana Woodnook is one of the most haunted places. There were four of us, including myself, who went for this hiking expedition. We met opposite Pierce Road bus stop, as this was the starting route that we know that leads towards Istana Woodnook. We met pretty early in the morning. We had heard a lot of stories about this place and seen photographs of the place by night. But we thought perhaps morning would be less scary. There were several paths and trails leading towards the palace, which was rather easy to identify. It seems that many people have made their way there and the path have gotten wider over the years. We entered the grounds via the servants' quarters, where there were a lot of graffitis on the wall. We slowly progressed to walk through a narrow pathway connecting to the main hall whereby it was rather dark, although it was broad daylight. I can't imagine how it must be at night. This place was very creepy, even in the day. We walked through the narrow walkway till we reached the first deck and landing. We observed that the rules were broken and there was sunlight streaming in. There wasn't any strange or uncomfortable feeling at this point, but that feeling would soon come. We walked on and soon we reached the main hall. That was when I started to feel weird, as if the atmosphere suddenly felt heavy. Outside the palace, it was sunny. We could see sunny outside, but inside, there was a strange darkness hanging in this place. 
the feeling became much stronger when my team and I started to ascend the main stairway. It was as though someone was squeezing me tightly around my chest and it was getting harder and harder to breathe. In fact, I felt that the air was very thin. We proceeded upstairs to explore the second floor and that's when the feeling grew even heavier. It was too much to bear at some point. We felt, not just me, but all of us felt that there was something in that place. After taking a quick look around, we quickly descended downstairs again and left the place. And that's when, immediately as we stepped out, the feeling of heaviness was just evaporated. I prayed silently and wished peace upon whatever that we have encountered. We kept silent until we got outside, out of the foliage, to the main area streets where it was busy and there were cars, that's when it was less frightening. And that's where we shared our stories. And true enough, all of us felt uncomfortable even though we didn't talk about it back then. And the things that we heard, seen and felt, all corroborated. So was this just a figment of my imagination? Because the place looks deserted and abandoned and therefore scary? Or did we all really felt something together that day? Here at Supernatural Confessions, we would like to remind you whatever you don't see doesn't mean it is not there. Moving on to the next confession, it comes from Lady Ill. We featured one of her confessions in the previous episode here on the podcast, but this confession is a story about her father. My father is 76 now. This happened when he was in his early 20s, when he was young. And just like us, we did a lot of stupid and crazy things. He worked for a construction firm at the time and had to do some piling work at Orchard Road. And this was back in the 60s. So Orchard Road didn't have all these buildings that we have now. There was an old abandoned bungalow in one of the lanes and he and his work colleague decided to go there to ask for a 4D number after work. At about 7pm, the two of them cut up some paper, wrote numbers on it, placed them in a paper cup and made their way there. He clearly remembers his hair stood on ends when the minute they were inside the building, it was extremely dark and it was super eerie. They decided not to explore upstairs, but just quickly shake the cup for the numbers. My dad was the one shaking the cup. When his friend was supposed to remember it, the first number they dropped on the floor was number 4. The second number, number 4 again. When the third number that fell on the floor was number 4 again, my dad freaked out and wanted to leave. And for those who is not familiar with the number to the Chinese, 4 sounds like they would die in Chinese language. His friend stopped him and told him he can't just leave halfway now and they should just finish whatever they started. So he shook up the paper cup again and to his relief, it was number one. They both shared and bought the number over the weekend, but it didn't come out. When Wednesday came, my dad asked his friend again if he wanted to share some money to buy the number again. But his friend didn't want to buy it anymore. So my dad just bought the number himself and this time around, yep, you guessed it, the number did came out. But it was just starter and my dad remembered he got $500 for it. Since he didn't know what to do, he told my grandmother about it and needless to say, she flipped and gave him a major tongue lashing. 
She told him he better go and buy a roast chicken, incense, hail notes, and other offerings to burn and offer them back at the house where he asked for the number. Just like how they would burn for the dead during the seventh month. So he did just that. The next day, he bought all that he's supposed to buy and asked his colleague to accompany him to the house again, but he didn't want to go. Told him that since it was just his luck, he should go on by himself. Well, he had no choice, so after work at about 7pm, he brought all the offering, went into the house, put down the chicken on the floor and started burning the hell notes. It was so eerie and he was mentioning that the whole time he was burning all this, his hair on his arm, his neck was standing on end. But no idea what got into him. He decided that since he's already there, he might as well ask for another number. This time, if he could win more first, second or third prize, he would come back and buy even more and better things to offer to whoever or whatever is there. He did the same thing. He got his number and waited for the weekend. He can't remember what his number was now, but all he knew was it did come out. First prize, in fact. All the numbers were exactly as it is. Except for the last two numbers, switch place. That really scared the hell out of him and he finally realised that there is something, definitely some supernatural forces at work. And he didn't dare to try his luck anymore. He threw the number away after that and of course never told my grandmother about it for she would have definitely beat the living daylights out of my father. If you like the content here on the podcast, you are also invited to join Eugene, Sonia, Joe and Kim at Supernatural Confessions Facebook page every Friday 10pm Malaysia and Singapore time where they'll discuss, dissect and go deeper in details on your confession and I'll be waiting for you there I think we have time for just one more confession and I think this confession will also serve as a reminder next time when you go out into the woods. This confession is by Siti Noor Amina Saad. The year was 1999. I went to Taman Negara Pahang, Malaysia with a group of like-minded adventurers. People were welcoming, we had great times, everything was fun. As we were getting ready to be on our way back to Singapore, I saw this one girl who was in our group kept carrying a wooden crutch. A crutch which looks like a somewhat made out of a branch. I had seen her carrying it for quite some time. I felt disturbed and intrigued, wondering where the heck she got that thing. So I asked. She answered, from the forest before we enter Guatlinga or Ear Cave. Oh, I replied shortly. The thing is, my belief is to be respectful and not to take things which does not belong to you. For I believe, especially with Malaysian forested area, there are spirits or caretakers around. 
Fast forward until the year 2018 when I went to Padang, I met someone from the 1999 trip. So we had a little chat and recalling some great memories we had during that year until he asked if I remembered the girl with the wooden crotch. I said, yeah, why? He said, did you know she passed away the following year? Apparently, she got sick after got back from Taman Negara. She died just a few months later. And he continued saying, Did you remember the crutch? I just nodded. And he said, Almost everyone advised her not to take the crutch, but she didn't listen. After she got sick, she went to see doctors after doctors. But there was no cure. And lastly, the family brought her to a medium. By then, it was already too late. So as you go into the forest, remember, take nothing but memories. Leave nothing but footprints. We have come to the end of this episode of Supernatural Confessions. If you have enjoyed this episode, please rate us with a 5-star review on whichever platform you are streaming this podcast on. Go on and tell your friends and family about us. You can find more of our content on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. Search for keyword Supernatural Confessions. If you or someone you know have a confession to make, visit SupernaturalConfessions.com You can send it in text, voice memo, or even video format. Let us know if you want your identity to be kept secret. Supernatural Confessions is created by Eugene Tay. Until the next episode, my name is Kim, your host for this podcast series signing off with Whatever you don't see doesn't mean it is not there.